What's going on, Her Icers? Peter from YHH here. we got a special edition of Her Ice for you today. We're going to run through all 16 girls high school section playoff brackets. Todd and I are going to make our picks. We're going to hand out uh, maybe a couple of mitt bumps down the line. we got our cage fogger. we got three questions. we got a great show for you today. We're all amped up and ready to go. So let's get rolling. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Todd, this feels weird. It's not Wednesday. It doesn't, even though the it's weather... It's not Wednesday. The, the weather outside is frightful? Nah, Nah, it's fine. No, it's fine. I wasn't ready to say goodbye to winter yet. If you're in the 507, they might be a little more frightful than we are seeing. But, hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to uh, episode number 10 of season three of Her Ice, uh, where me and you heard Peter Odney earlier uh, discuss topics focusing on girls' high school hockey. We chat about players' games, hot topics, and anything related to the coolest game on ice. Today, it definitely is cool, even though the temperature is probably not super cool out there. But watching the snow come down during a feverish... Uh, March is kind of interesting as we had sunshine and um, grass yesterday. But anyway, uh, my name is Todd Halk. We're broadcasting live from uh, Studio 1A here in lovely, lovely YHH home office. And in mention of that, since we're coming up on the holiday, Peter's got a brand new what lid. Holiday? Brand, you got a brand new lid right now, which I know is not from the Minnesotan, but if you're looking no, for that not. next article of clothing that needs to get you through. St. Patrick's Day, for example. Oh, that's the holiday. You have to get to the Minnesotan where they've got some cool, I've said this over and over, they got one of the cool hats I got like there, the gray hat with the logo in Irish colors. They've also got a really cool O'Gara's throwback shirt as well as some, if you're not an Irish and you just want to play Irish for the day, they got great stuff for there. Old Riverfest, which is an old concert series back in the day. They've also just got some cool T-shirts, Gopher T-shirts, old St. Paul Johnson shirts. Folks, you got to go check out the Minnesotan. And when you do, make sure and tell them YHH sent you, and they will give you a 15% discount on that first order for you. I bet if you strapped skates on some of those river dancers, they could do some damage. Did you ever watch those videos? The river dancers? River no. dance. Nope, that one I did what? not. No. The Irish dancers? No. At least I think they were Irish dancers. No, I had a, there was a, I remember when I was teaching, there was a gal that was in my uh, fifth grade math that she was one of the, the jiggers, if you would, the Irish jiggers. Yeah. And I know it's a cool dance, but it's like you do the same dance just from point A to point B to point C to point D. And I know that's, so if I'm upsetting all the Irish folks. <laughs> I was going right, to say, you better I, watch I, out, man. You're going to. I apologize, but. Um, you're going to hear tapping out, outside your I might hear some tapping. Well, last, as long as you're not slashing my tires, I should be fine. <laughs> no, I think all they do is tap. Let's uh, let's jump right into the show. We got a lot of ground to cover today, we do. so we'll we'll start firing away with uh, a couple of headlines. Um, I had some questions about the section seating processes yes. for a handful of different places, and I also have a general note of melancholy just looking at the section A bracket section A, the class A brackets because you realize just how many brackets have teams that are getting a buy into the semis already. They're already moving into the final four. Of They're their in the section. final four, yes. That's kind of a bummer. A uh, couple of section notes. Gentry Academy, the number one Class A team in the state. They've been that way since, I think, week week three or four of the season. They're yeah. the number two seed in 4A behind South St. Paul. Going to go out on a limb and assume that's because of the head-to-head. One of Gentry's two losses was to the Packers early in the season. Not that it would matter, 
but I think it shows just how much head-to-head competition plays into the section seating. Six double A visitation. So visitation goes one and twelve on mm. the season. Yep. Kind of a rough year after a split. The St. Paul United co-op between uh, what is now Minnehaha United and Visitation. I think that's what it was. Yep. Uh, Visitation goes 1-12. and 12. They go from 4A, where St. Paul United had a really good run of success. Yes. And now they're in 6AA. That is a heck of a jump in competition. So hopefully Visitation... Um, Takes their lumps for what they are and uses it as a growing experience. And that's next like, year, that's like driving a milk truck in my neighborhood, residential, going about twenty miles per hour. And then from there, this year they're now driving a BMW on the autobahn, going. I don't know if I can catch up with everybody around me because everybody's going a hundred miles an hour. Because they're used to driving on the <laughs> autobahn because they're seasoned Germans who are driving on the autobahn at one hundred and twenty without even blinking, and they they can drink coffee without spilling on themselves. Yeah. So, that's going to be a rude awakening. That's a that's a big jump in competition. I don't think Visitation has any uh, delusions of grandeur of winning this section. But, hey, if they want to go guts out with the competition, more power to them. Uh, section 5, Class A. This is the one where I have the most confusion. So, Breck, the perennial power. I believe they're three-time defending state champions. They're defending state champions as of last year at least. Yeah. So they go 6 and 11 this year. Okay, rough that's, year. That's not a great record. On paper. Not a great record on paper. But let's take a look at who they've played. They played Chisago Lakes, one of the top five teams in Class A. They played yep. Blake, who took Edina down to the wire recently. South St. Paul, who beat number 1 1A Gentry. Hill Murray, who's been in the top five Class AA all year. Benelte Margaret's, which has been a top five AA team all year. Warroad, uh, Gentry again. Edina. Uh, for a winning percentage of 65.43. That's the winning percentage of their opposition's records combined. Well, let me jot that down. So okay, that why, don't you, why don't you write that down? That was 49.3? 65.43. 69.43. 65.43. I was looking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. 65%. That's a yep. pretty good winning percentage. That's not too bad. A that's combined, almost two-thirds. A combined record of 159, 72, and 12 for Breck's opponents. Right. Okay. That's Breck. Got it. Now, we'll use the comparison mm. for the section's number two seed, Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. That's a good. That's good. That's a good. combined opponent record of 109, 111 for an opponent's winning percentage of 49.55. Now, Breck and Minneapolis did not play each other throughout the season, so there's no head-to-head to to really go off of. Nope. But if you're going to use outside factors besides head-to-head, shouldn't strength of schedule come in at some point? And wouldn't that metric favor the Mustangs, who now are the four seed in the section and who will likely get number three in Class A, Chisago Lakes in the semifinal round. Yeah, you want to, and I, I know from obviously following the Jefferson Jags for a long time that when you get down the section, it's I think a lot of it pieces is how they do, you know, what their record is against section, in this case, section five teams. So if that is kind of thrown out the window because they haven't had a lot of interaction with that, I mind you. Breck is an independent, if you would. I mean, they do play in that well, the, IMAC, the IMAC, which is. Like two other schools, them and Blake and the industrial metro athletic complex. But anyway, but part of that is I know playing against sections, but uh, there's another one that head scratches us a little bit. You have to look at the strength of schedule. And again, all those folks in Minneapolis, we're not dissing you whatsoever. This You're is my go- second favorite team in the entire we're state. We're going strictly at the seedings committee 
that put this section together and said, hey, Section 5, this is the best thing I've got. I'm going to put them against number five, Holy Angels, which I think is still a good seed there. But but the Breck at the four, at, uh, Minneapolis and Breck should definitely sweep and, the, and, and switch. Thus, you get that perennial one versus two. Who are the best two teams in that section? Right. Or you could make an argument that Orono could take the number two seed in that section, which I would be okay with. I mean, they beat a Class 2A team. Eight, they beat Blaine, who spent time in the top ten in Class 2A. Yes, two they eight shut them out. They shut them out. So big win for the Spartans. They could take the two seed, and then Breck would take the three seed, and then Minneapolis could take the four seed. But I don't know. That's why we're not in well, That's I almost said that's why we're not in Todd. That's why we're not in charge, Todd. That's why we're not in charge. Can I throw one more out there just to talk about the seedings? and maybe Punch me in the face with your opinion. No, I, I would never punch you in the face. I like you too much. Aw. So here's another one that kind of befuddles the brain a little bit. Okay is if you look at Section 1 AA, now mind you, we're going to dig deep into these folks a little bit, and this is just kind of a headliner, kind of tease you a little bit, or maybe maybe you should wait a little bit, or should I bust it out now? Because It depends on, your, on how riled up you are about it, because I'm pretty riled up about it. I know you're riled five. up, and I feel like I'm on your coattails. I'm, I don't a, want, I'm a little upset. I don't want to do that. You know what? Tell you what, I'm going to hold mine off a little bit. Okay. Because I, I want yours to simmer. Oh. Oh, okay, like a soup. Yeah. Like a soup. And then we'll bring it up, because we're going to go number sequential, one, two, three, per you know, single A and double A. So let's do okay. that. Yeah, so let's uh, move on into uh, segment number yeah. two. Let's pop into Peter's top ten. And uh, <laughs> the funny thing about this, folks, is uh, the Mondays are always crazy. They're crazy in YHH because Tony is rapidly putting together the rankings for the for all the youth, and that is squirts all the way through the Bantams, 15 A's, 15 B's, all that good stuff. And then also Tony, I mean, Peter is working tirelessly – with the girls. Tirelessly. Now, this year, this usually it's the Sunday night. You know, I'm always with him when he's working on the Sunday <laughs> afternoon because we're at a tournament. Hey, let's talk a little about it. We, we throw ideas out like, hey, let's get ready for the show. But, hey, you know, you keep your eye on the on the scene. And today, you know, he came back from a, a great weekend, great weekend in Montana. And he dove into this. I'm like, okay, I, I think I, I know where he's going to go with this. I, I know the top ten. I'll throw him up there. And my part of what my story is, which is getting longer than it should, is he gave me a couple little shockers. Yeah, I shouldn't I like even to... say shocker. You, you mix things up. You've been so consistent, and I could read you for like a book from far away <laughs> going, okay, well, this, the 8, 9, 10 are going to get flipped around, maybe a 3, 4, maybe a 4, 5. Thought he did the flips, looked at the games. But, Peter, let's talk about what you changed. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in my buddies from Centennial and Blaine, who I've kind of let rotate between the 9 and the 10 spot for the past few weeks, uh, based on my belief that... So there, there's a horde of South Suburban Conference teams that are kind of knocking at the top 10 door, right? They've been in the 10 Burnsville's spot. Burnsville spent a little time in there. Yes. Lakeville South has spent a little bit of time yep. in there. I think Eastview might have made an appearance. But head-to-head, I would have banked on the Northwest Suburban Conference team, Centennial and Blaine. Both teams are out this week because they both went one and two to close out the season. Blaine losing to Orono eight to nothing, an unranked Class A team. Granted, if I did a top ten for Class A, which is gosh darn near impossible, because after the first five, you're just kind of throwing darts at a board. But uh, they, yeah, they'd be in the top ten for Class A. But an eight nothing loss against a Class A team that doesn't look good. No. So Burnsville moves into the top ten after winning their first South Suburban Conference title. Yay! And Brainerd Little Falls. What? Moves to number 10. The Warriors, Lady Warriors, Warriors, have very quietly gone 12, 4, and 1 this season. All of their losses have been close, and they knocked off perennial top 10. Rozo, late in the season, they have the number 2 seed 
in Section 8. I like the Warriors in a late-season push. You know, when I saw you pop in the 10 spot, because I saw, okay, Maple Grove moved up, which was good. Stillwater moved up because they've been that strong, strong bottom bottom five. Yeah, they bounced back nicely after losing uh, two games, losing twice in three games to unranked opponents. They rattled off, you know, like seven straight wins. Yep, and everybody kind of tussled a little bit. It was great to have Burnsville finally get the respect they duly needed because, you know, you didn't pick them last week, and someone, no, in this, someone in this room did have faith in the Blaze. What, do you want a cookie? No, you but – a medal? Uh, but but it was nice because when I saw number 10, I'm like, wait a minute. And I know they've been decent, but it kind of peaked back on there. I was like, gosh, they have been a nice old team. They've just quietly. That would be that'd be one of those radar teams, which we didn't put on the radar at all this year. So it's very cool to see the, the I want to say the Flyers, but they are the Warriors, rostered underneath uh, uh, Brainerd. So um, so we'll see what they do as that number two seed, which we'll jump into later on. But how about the single A teams? I don't think there was much movement in that uh, department, was single there? Single A didn't change at all. Everybody kind of won out. We missed out on Gentry Minnetonka, which would have been, oh boy, the game of century. That would have put Notre Dame and whoever Notre Dame played in the game of century to shame. Yep. But they didn't get to play that game. So Gentry won, Waro two, Chisago Lakes three, Proctor Hermantown four, and Mound West Tonka five concludes our season of ranking high school teams. And my Sunday nights have returned to me. Yes. Yeah, no more scratching it out until midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning trying right. to put that's, together rankings. That's the final one right there. That's the last one. That's the last one for usually the last high school rankings come out like two weeks True. before the last youth rankings. But yeah, you can't do it on base time because, you know, after now it's just you, you're losing your out. So you can't be like, well. For well, everybody. Everybody's yeah, it's in, one and done, yeah. Yeah, can't I mean, be. the youth are double or double elimination once yep. they hit regions. But Correct. In any case, the regular season for youth and high school, for both girls and boys, finite is over. Finite. All right. Um, we're going to jump into that section previous, but I wanted to we, – we talked about how we're going to chat a little bit about today. We're going to put a lot of focus, obviously, with our um, our our menu that we uh, put out on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about throwing these out. But that's why I'm going to call them short shifts because I just want to throw some quick – Short accolades. shifts. Just some quick things out. Little Herbie Brooks, you know – um, just want to throw them out there quick so that you guys uh, know that we're looking at some te- players and also some picks, which everybody thought was really good, but uh, actually turned out <laughs> super good for some people. So actually, me and Peter actually split last week. Uh, we had three games on the docket. As we said once before, the Gentry Minnetonka game did not occur, so obviously we don't get credit for that whatsoever. Um, one credit does go to Peter, who did was victorious in his pick, because he did take Benilde to beat Wyzetta, and they did beat uh, Wyzetta two to nothing. So Peter got credit for that one. Gosh dang but right! On the other side of it, um, I took the accolades for picking Burnsville over Lakeville South. Whatever. In a two-one battle, I said three-two, so I knew it was going to be a tight one. So kudos to us. Um, that's where we were at. We both won, and then we both lost, but and then we split because we didn't get that uh, that Stars Skippers game we were looking for. Uh, Accolade number two is going to go to a gal that, and I love this because Peter makes fun of me a little bit to talk about Todd's uh, goalie corner. Because there's just, you know, I, I kind of just, even though I've never had a goalie in my life, uh, my kids never play goalie, except for maybe you with my daughter did. But you just see these kids out there, they're, they're working so hard, and they're just on these really, they're having these really tough seasons, and they just don't get the recognition that they should. Mm-hmm. So we've given recognition. I feel like I've given some good recognition to some of these goalies within the state of Minnesota. You found some goalies that I had no idea existed. No, we've been talking about all the good ones on the front side, obviously, but now we're talking about more of the gals that, you know, that maybe, you know, like um, 
for example, last week, did anybody hear about uh, Nettie Kimball from Bemidji, who was going to Franklin Pierce until they stumbled upon her? But anyway, goal of the week is going to go to Aaliyah Grisius, who had another unbelievable game. And the great thing I like about her, not only does she have a great game, but she's also getting a little more press and just listen to me and her eyes talk about her because uh, Bring Me the News actually did a nice story on her, so it was really great to hear her. You're welcome, Bring Me the News. Yeah, we are welcome. We, we broke that story for you. But anyway. Drafting on um, us. So Aaliyah on, uh, let's see, the 13th. So that would have been on Saturday. They played Northfield. Unfortunately, the Windhawks were not winners in that one. They did lose 9 nothing. But here's what we have to talk about is the fact that Aaliyah, she had 92 saves. It's pretty good. That is her total. I mean, that number is astonishing. She had a save percentage of 9-11 because they did lose 9-0. So not only does that just – that was her second – that was her biggest game because the first game of season is when she held um, Rochester Century to only four goals after she took 90 shots. So it's it, pretty good, too. Oh, it's insane. Northfield outshot Winona 101-3. to three. So Winona got Yikes. three shots on goal. Not shots in net, but shots on goal. So now for the season, mind you, they've got the, the playoff, the section game. So she's going to obviously, I think she'll eclipse it. Uh, right now she's sitting at 954 shots she has seen. So she is averaging 52.7 saves a game. Goodness gracious. Not shots on net, but that's saves that she is making. And here's the crazy thing that just continues to blow my mind is that she is only an eighth grader. She's got a ways to go. Career-wise, she might end up. She's putting career like numbers. Like 5,000 shots. She's putting up numbers that you could maybe get in maybe a year and a half, maybe two seasons, and she's doing it in one. So hang in there, Leah, and I want to give her some credit because she is getting some credit where she richly. Somebody, somebody get that girl an ice pack. Oh, my gosh. Somebody get that girl an and ice pack. And a blizzard. Seriously. For sure. Uh, the other guy I want to make sure and give her some uh, some recognition and a mid bump is going to go to uh, senior uh, forward for the Rochester Leward Eagles, and that's Maggie Hansel. Mm-hmm. She's a senior. She's a Boston University commit, which, again, that that's another one that blows my mind because Boston does not grab any Minnesota kids on the boys' or the girls' side. So that is awesome that she is going to be going to Boston, which I know we just haven't brought her name very much up. Um, but she actually is getting some accolades today because her last two games, uh, they've been blowouts, but it has put her back on the map because they, they went through a tough time. They lost at Simley. They lost at Holy Angels. But then they beat Wyndham and they beat Wasika. And she is back on the map because in both games she had three goals and four assists in both games. So uh, kudos to Maggie and her 7.9 back-to-back nights. Uh, so on the season, she's got 19 goals and 18 assists for 37 points. She leads the Eagles as they go into sections tomorrow. So, again, mid-bump to Maggie, Aaliyah, and then I give a half-bump to, to Peter because he didn't get one right. <laughs> and then I take it back because I got my other one right. So, anyway. I got I got mad notes on Rochester Lourdes. You want to drop them? Or yeah, let's, well, on? we got to get into it. Let's we're just on, do it. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll we're swing right section, in. Section, we're we're going to start with Class A. We're going to make you wait for Double A. If you make it all the way through, if you've made it to this point, congratulations. If you make it all the way through to the end of the episode, uh, shoot me an email, and I will send you, I don't know, DM a high us, five or something. And then we'll send you a uh, lots of matzo pizza. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we have some laying around. We might office. have one, but, I mean, you're going to have to, it's really going to have to be a sob story. We're yeah. not just going to give them out like candy, folks. Because right, well, if you're getting one and I don't get one, there's something going on. Well, there's definitely something going on in Section 1, Class A, 
Albert Lee, the top seed. Rochester lured the number two seed, lured the defending champion in this section. Toddler, want you to fire away on who you believe is going to make the section final. This one, actually, when I went through and I zipped through them quick, when I was working on these, you know, looking at last night and this morning, I go, you know what? And I really try not to look straight at the number because everybody gets caught up, especially when you're doing brackets. You know, number one to number um, number one seed, number two seed, the eight seed, all that junk. So I really try to look at the team and go like, okay, obviously we've talked about the seedings before. So right away, the first thing I said was, oh, this one's got to be Albert Lee's for sure. Albert Lee's going to take this one because there's really no strong points. Then I peeked a little bit longer. I'm like, you know what? Lourdes is the number two seed in this one, as we have been talking about Rolo for a little bit and Maggie Hansel. And Lourdes have been playing a lot better the last couple, last couple weeks. Um, so it gives them, you know, like I said before, they've got back-to-back wins. They were blowouts. They lost some, some tough ones in the cities. But I think I'm sticking with the Tigers. I think the Tigers, and if I look on strength of schedule without breaking apart, I think that big nine is just a little stronger than what Lourdes has played this year. Mind you, they've had some non-conference, but I, I, I just think Elberly with – it's almost like the mini South Suburban because you got Old Town and Northfield, and, and Austin was hot at the beginning of the season. I think they've kind of beat each other up a little bit, so I think they have, they're have they more tested, I think, Elberly is. Wow. Okay, so am I correct in assuming you're taking Albert Lee to win the section? That is correct. You're going to take the Elberly Tigers to win the section. I disagree with you. I'm going to take Rochester Lured because you know what? I think it's incredible what the Eagles have done this season after losing, ready for this list of players that they lost after last year's appearance in the state tournament. This is amazing. Sawyer and Delaney Fleming both headed off to Shattuck St. Mary's, two of the team's top five leading scorers from last year. They lost the number two leading scorer, Sarah Dravis, off to graduation. They lost their starting goaltender, Corin Hansen, to graduation. They lost their leading scorer, Emma Schmitz to graduation. So they lose four of their top five leading scorers and their starting goaltender, and they're still the number two seed in the section. Maggie Hansel is still there. Ida Huber has played pretty well in goal. I am going to take Rochester Lured as the 1A champion over the Albert Lee Tigers. It would be cool to see Austin in there, but I mean Austin's got to get past Lured. And I think at the beginning of the season, I always said Austin's got a good chance. But I think right now, I think Lured is just playing stronger and better. Uh, don't let that record fool you that Lourdes is playing much stronger in the last couple of weeks. And so I think they got some momentum going in there, but I still am staying with the Tigers to win it, even though I did grow up a anti-Albert Lee fan, but I'm taking them. Mm. I'm surprised that Austin is that high of a seed. When was the last time Austin was a, a three-seater higher in girls' hockey? It had to be had to be a while ago. I think so. And, it, and it's goofy, too, because they do split them up. You know, that big nine just does split up, especially when you've got Northfield and you have Owatonna in that conference, and then they hightail out of there. So then you're right. like, okay, well, who's the best left in there? I mean, you got Wasik as a six seed, Red Wings in there, Red Wings a four. So obviously the, Austin, they feels a little bit stronger than than um, than Red Wing. And then Winona, of course, we've talked about Winona a handful of times. but <laughs> um, And it, they got Winona over Wasika. I mean, mm. we're probably splitting hairs. At this well, juncture. At, oh, yeah. That's what this show's about, though. It's about splitting. It hairs. is about water. water Section playoffs is all splitting here. And you know, Winona's got my favorite goalie in the entire state right now. Yeah. <laughs> True. All right. Let's move on to uh, number two section, staying with the single A's. Peter, who are you thinking is going to be the uh, – well, the first of all, the number one seed in that is going to be Mount West Tonka. We'll mess with the rest of it. They put on Watertown, Mayor, Southwest Christian, blah, blah, blah. But we know it's Mount West Tonka. Number two seed is Delano. Number three mm-hmm. seed is New Alm. Number four is Hutchinson. Five Litchfield. Number six is Middlesex River. Who do you got? You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go chalk on this one. I'm gonna take Mountain West Tonka and Delano Rockford in the final. Uh, I don't know if Delano is quite there yet. They have a really, really 
young team. They lost a couple of close games this year, finished 8-10. and 10. Uh, Kendall Hassler is their leading scorer. Kaylee Schmidt is their second leading scorer. I believe they're both 8th graders. They're either both 8th graders or both ninth graders. Okay. Oh, well, I can't remember how old they are. Close Kayla enough. Simonson, another really young player who's a good goalie. I think Delano's a couple of years away, so I'm going to take Mountain West Tonka over Delano Rockford. Mountain West Tonka is the champion of Section 2. Here's something to chew on a little bit without breaking it down. He did a great job. Of, and mind you, at the same time, Mount West Tonka has been ranked in, our, in Peter's top five all most of the season. Yep, they took Chisago Lakes to the brink a couple of weeks ago. They looked really good in that game. They've got a veteran group. I think Grace Peterson. Oh, I'm stepping all over your stuff, aren't I? No. Grace Peterson, I believe, is their leading scorer. She is committed to the Naval Academy to play lacrosse. Wow. Yeah, I just I wanted to you know flex on how much I knew about Tidbits. the White Hawk program. Holy mackerel! You're welcome. Here's the thing that that's going to be make this game interesting is the fact that uh, right now in two matchups with Mount West Tonka and Delano slash Rockford, uh, Mount West Tonka won both those games. One was the first game of the season, and they beat Delano seven two. And then the last game of the season. Because they had the game canceled, they've had the last two games actually canceled. Unfortunately, uh, was against Delano. They beat them on Monday, March eight, five to nothing. So here's the inevitable question we always ask: Can you beat a team three times in one season? Yes. Okay. In this case, yes. Um, just to dot my eyes and cross my T's, Hassler is an eighth grader. Schmidt is an eighth grader. Simonson is a ninth grader. It looks like the bulk of the team is eighth graders. For Delano Rockford. So they're getting the varsity experience now. By the time they're sophomores and juniors, they'll have three or four seasons of varsity experience. They'll be a force in Section 2 within the next couple of years. But I will take MW hands down. I'm not even going to give you a score, but I just – Mount West Tonk is too much, I think, for this battle. Chalk it up. Yep, chalk it. Okay. Moving on to more exciting. Another, I'm sorry, another exciting. Each one's going to be exciting. I apologize. These are all equally exciting. They are. Uh, Section 3A, uh, number one, Laverne. Number two, Mankato East. Number three, Marshall. Uh, number four, Worthington. Number five is Wyndham. Number six is Mankato West. Who do you like? I've got Laverne coming out of the top of the bracket, the defending section champions. Cameron Van Batavia, just too much to handle. For the rest of the section, uh, I have Marshall coming out the bottom of half of the bracket. I think Marshall is one of those teams that's they've seen Laverne play so many times, or they've played them a couple of times, and they've got the score got better each time. So I'm going to take Marshall in the final with Laverne, and Laverne wins section three. Laverne Marshall final. Laverne beats Marshall. Beats Marshall. Yeah. Okay. I am not going to doubt you. I wish I'd throw some numbers out there, but you've kind of you've taken it there. Uh, <laughs> you have. You've done a great job. And then I say, Thank well, Laverne, I've also had a – they have two goalies, so that's kind of helped them out. Their leading goalie is uh, Valerie Von Tersch. Von Tersch, I hope I say that right. And they also have Cheyenne Schultz. So that's, they have two goalies. Uh, they've they've split time. Both have got seven wins on the season. Uh, both have less than a, a 1.5 goals allowed, and their save percentage is about 940 for both of them. So – uh, Laverne is stomping on everybody, and they're going to keep that going uh, as they move into into the state championship uh, by winning Section 3A. Yep. So. Uh, Marshall may have the edge and goal. Emma Clinkin had 44 saves on 48 shots the last time these two teams played. So if Marshall can get off to a hot start and then mm. simply stand back and park the bus in front of Clinkin and just take every icing they can get, they might be able to slow down that Laverne attack. If Laverne gets on the board once or twice in the first period, I think it's over. Yep. Nope. I I hear they they're not a one trick pony. Don't get me wrong. Regan Bork has got twenty five goals for that team. So, um, and she's got fifty nine points on the season. So, it is Van uh, Batavia, but um, 
They do have a little more horsepower with Regan, but I think for the most part they're gonna they should walk through that one. But solid, solid. All right, section four, single A. This is where our dandruff got up a little bit. <laughs> I don't have dandruff. I use very expensive shampoo and conditioner. We did. Sorry, once just, a month. It's like the. Yeah, it's just a saying, so I'm not going to take it. Don't take it personal because I can't even see your hair today. Uh, usually, this is the one that we always go, oh, my gosh, all you have to do is just win one game and you're in the section final because there's five teams. Much. But they've switched it up a little bit. There's a couple other teams that are that got us frustrated. But anyway, South St. Paul is the number one seed. Number two, Gentry is the two, Gentry's the two seed. Two seed. Yep, head okay. to head. You didn't hear that wrong, folks. Simley three, Matamidi four, uh, North St. Paul, Tartan five, and St. Paul Sibley. Combo deal there, the non-visitation mm-hmm. kids, or the, all the city, St. Paul kids, whatever. It's like Minneapolis and Sibley is the sixth seed. Uh, I'll break this one down. I think it's really super simple. South St. Paul is going to be winning the top part, even though there's they don't have to play a game. <laughs> um, they're going to play one. They'll probably play against Matamidi, I would guess. And then, obviously, Gentry is going to uh, roll past probably, I would say, Sibley. So, really, no up, no upsets in that one. I think Gentry just going to walk away with this one. I don't, even though I've not been sold on the Gentry train, but I think for the most part, I think South St. Paul is just not going to have enough guns because Gentry has got so many powerful players on the team. You've got, you know, not they got so much power and so many points for so many different players, and and I know the the main cog for uh, South St. Paul is McKenna Deering, who's going to go to Bemidji State next year, but I think Gentry just got too many weapons. So Deering scored the overtime game winner the first time these two teams met. Good win for South St. Paul. There's a ton of penalties in this game. But the kicker for me, Gentry outshot South St. Paul 45-14. to 14. They outshot them by 31 freaking shots. And the South St. Paul goal in overtime came on the power play. Riley Reeves was in the box for cross-checking. I'm sure she uh, will avoid the penalty box this time around. I've got Gentry beating South St. Paul. Um, I don't know. I don't know if South St. Paul can get lucky twice against Gentry. I think Gentry's hit their stride, and from what I saw over the course of the season, they're the best team in Class A. Last hiccup they had was when they lost overtime to Stillwater, and they were up in that game. So yeah, um, I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna let up. I mean, uh, Stillwater has a tendency to do that where they they start off slow and then build up steam and then have a really strong third period overtime in that case against Gentry. But I think right now Gentry usually gets out to a real quick start. And, I mean, based on their, their last games, I mean, you got 8 nothing, 5-2, nothing, 8-3, 7-3. I mean, they've been just rolling over teams. And so um, we both have Gentry. Yep. No qualms there. No qualms. Have we had an argument yet? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'll fight. When it comes to 8-double-A, which isn't going to be for like another 20 minutes, then I might fight you. But okay. you're wearing your Lumberjack shirt. I don't know if I want to get into a scrap with a guy wearing okay. Buffalo check. I like that. All right. Uh, section 5A. This is the other one that kind of raised uh, Peter's non-dandruff hair. Uh, where Chisago Lakes is the one seed. Uh, Minneapolis is the two. Orno three, Breck four. Uh, Holy Angles are five, and then Pine City is number six. Do you want to go on this one, start on this one? Yeah. So, obviously, Chisago gets a buy into the semis. They'll, I'm assuming they will play Breck. I'll take Orno and Minneapolis in the other semifinal. Uh, I'm going to take Orno over Minneapolis, and I'm going to take Breck over Chisago Lakes in the semis, and I'm going to take Breck as my Section 5A champion for two reasons. Number one, the first time that Breck and Chisago Lakes played was the 
first game of the season. Chisago Lakes escaped with a 3-2 win on the road at Breck. Great win for the Wildcats, don't get me wrong. Breck outshot the Wildcats 35-24 to in that game, and I still think that Breck might be just a little bit deeper than Chisago Lakes. Goaltender Sarah Peterson has been on fire lately, stopping 40 shots in a couple of games late in the regular season. I think if they can keep it close, if they can keep the scoring low, I think the depth in the goaltending of Breck could win out. That's not a knock on Chisago. They've got one of the best top lines in the state, regardless of class. Goaltender Anna Hansen has played really well this season, but I think that Breck has the edge in goal. And in depth, I'm going to take Breck over Orono. And my second reason for this is, wouldn't it just be the most freaking Breck thing in the world to lose 11 times in the regular season and then wander through the 5A playoffs and go to the state tournament again? Wouldn't that do, like when it becomes March and you just start thinking, wouldn't it be just so Dukean of Duke to go 500 and then waltz their way into the final four, which they won't be able to do because they're not in the tournament. Correct. Point still stands. It's the most Breck thing that could possibly happen this year. I'm going to take Breck as the champions of Section 5A. I will not. Okay, I, fine. I cannot. Fine. And, and I cannot and shall not. And I hear what you're saying, and I want to go with it. Maybe I'm playing I'm a little so bit. so mad at you right I now. I know. Good. Um, I want to, you know, sometimes I think – uh, hockey games, and I pick hockey games because of my gut feeling, and sometimes I just I do it because I want to cheer for somebody really, really well. And I think at this juncture, we interviewed uh, Danny Bergen when we did our high school finalists. She's awesome. She is amazing when she does interviews, and she has a great personality, and I know that she's a, a warrior when she hits the ice. I know that's an overused term, and some people don't like it, but she really is. She is. And that top line is so good with her and Burnett and Jenna Lowry. I, I just really want... Chisago Lakes to win this section. I think if we talked about picking a shocker, and I do feel like if there's one that could possibly be a shocker, if I was I'm looking through all the single A, where's a shocker I could find? This would be, per se, a shocker if you just base it on numbers. Or maybe Orono could just also have that game, and they could play against Chisago Lake. Or Breck, who is misseeded with the, with the four seed, they definitely could do the Dukian thing as Peter did talk about. But I'm going to put my foot down and say, no, I want Chisago Lakes to win this. I want them to win 4-2 to two on the empty netter at the end by Danny Bergen, who's going to have a three-point game in the section final, and they're going to go to state for the first time. I'm going to say something very journalistically diplomatic, and I would say it would be good for the sport if Chisago Lakes wins 5A and goes to state. You want to see a, a program like Chisago Lakes on the big stage, those players and that coaching staff has certainly earned it. I just I have this feeling in my gut. It might be the two cold brews and the five-hour energy, but I got a feeling in my gut. I got a feeling that it's going to be Breck. Or the two bowls of Reese's. Reese's Puffs? Puffs? My little Yachty Reese's Puffs? Yes. How dare you? I'm How just dare saying, you assume little Yachty Reese's Puffs upset my stomach? No, I'm just saying all that sugar is like flowing in you like a volcano. And pretty I'm, soon. I'm, ready, I'm ready for it. I got my... I got my uh, my size large hoodie on, so I'm ready to fill out a little bit. So I'm going to be eating Reese's Puffs until the end of the season. You haven't any sugar all weekend long, so I can see that. No, I am, I am pumped up right now. Take effect. All right, let's move on to <laughs> 6A section. Uh, that is a western western Minnesota section. They mm-hmm. do go up there and grab some northern teams. So right now we've got Wilmer, number one, River Lakes, number two, Fergus Falls. The Otters are sitting at three. Northern Lakes is number four, which is more central location around the Mille Lacs area. Uh, Prairie Center is five, and then Morris Benson is number six. I think this would be a real quick conversation. But you actually had some feelings about this one. 
I do have I have feelings about all of these. Yeah, what I'm look? so angry at all. Share of these. those feelings; otherwise, they're going to get bottled up inside. All right, my first feeling is that if Northern Lakes defeats Prairie Center, which a four-five game, anything goes when it's four-five. Right, I right. think Northern Lakes could give Wilmer trouble. Northern Lakes has kind of flown under the radar this year. They might be able to pop up and surprise the Cardinals. I've got River Lakes and Fergus Falls going head to head in the other semifinal. I think River Lakes wins that one. I do have Wilmer going to the section championship, so it'll be Wilmer, River Lakes. Wilmer has had River Lakes' number this year. They've beaten the Stars twice. River Lakes lost to Chisago by one goal and beat number 10, Class 2A, Brainerd Little Falls, twice. So River Lakes certainly capable of pulling the quote-unquote upset in this one. They're going to rely on the Roskies, uh, Cadence, and who is the other one? Kiana, that's who it was. I was going to say Kennedy. I knew it was two Ks. Cadence and Kiana Roski are the two straws that stir the River Lakes drink. I'm going to take River Lakes over Wilmer. Wow. That's a hot sports take. I know, especially because Wilmer has done an excellent job of trying to stack their non-conference schedule Mm -hmm. to play good teams. I know they played Minnetonka earlier. They played Roseville. They they did this last year, too, and they put up uh, some nice numbers against AA programs. I I think River Lakes... Uh, takes it this time. I'm going to go on the other side of it, too. I'm going to say some of the same things you said that that Wilmer does have. They've played a little tougher schedule. They have a lot of those Metro teams. They also played War Road, uh, with obviously, with the Brainerd game as well. So they have not fared as well against those teams. But, again, sometimes it's not so much the score, but it's just that experience that you get playing some tougher teams and especially playing Tonkin and you know, the AA level. Um, they do have River Lakes number. Uh, I can't remember if you said that, but they have actually taken both games this year against River Lakes. They beat them 3-2 in their barn at in the, the Civic Center, and they also went to Richmond and beat them 3-1 at River Lake. So I'm staying on the number one seed this one. I think Wilmer is going to walk. It's kind of interesting because we kind of re-looked at this game. We're also like, oh, my gosh, that's right, Bailey Bailey Olson, who is one of their t- their top scorers for Wilmer, but she's been outdone by um, Vonta- uh, Batavia. Um, so it's interesting that she's still doing well. Bailey's got 29 goals and 17 assists, so they're – Pretty much a one one person wrecking machine. I'm sure they are, but at the same time, I think they're gonna um, they're gonna get that third important win against River Lakes, and I think they're gonna take the section. Wow! All right. So there's our second argument. Yeah, it was kind of an argument, I guess. A little bit of argument. Okay. It's almost like you didn't put the fork in the right spot. So can you move it back? The fork. Fork. Oh, fork. Fork. Oh. I said fork, but it came out fark. Oh. So just for. Maybe there's a problem with the headphones. There could be. All right. Uh, next <laughs> next section, which doesn't have any problems right right now, is the 7A section game. Uh, right now, we'll go through them quick. Number one is Proctor Hermantown. Number two is Duluth Marshall. Number three, uh, Cloquet Esco Carlton. Number four, Eveleth Gilbert. Number five, Moose Lake. Number six is North Shore. And number seven is International Falls. Now, this is a weird one. Again, there's seven teams in this one. If I do remember, Hibbing Chisholm was supposed to be in this one, but... Um, I noticed when I went through this section um, that they were crossed out at the bottom. So basically, Proctor Hermantown got a first round bye, so they snuck right into that um, the semis right away, and they'll play the winner of the Eveleth uh, Moose Lake game. But anyway, um, Proctor Hermantown's been in the top five all season long. They've been in that four spot. I, they've been the fourth, they've been the cleanup hitter for <laughs> how long? Uh, do they have enough to push through and take the section and go down to the X, Peter? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. He's still, he's, he's still jotting. Sorry about that. No, I was just, I was noticing just how many times Proctor Hermantown has scored ten or more goals in a game. It's five times they've scored ten or more goals. Obviously, the Mirage can score. They're very deep. They play well, just as well offensively as they do defensively. I think this one comes down chalk. Proctor Hermantown, Duluth Martian. I will take the Mirage over the Hilltoppers. Quick side note: the Hilltoppers, one of the only teams in the state that has given Proctor Hermantown a game. The Mirage beat Marshall. Five to one in game one and four to two in the second meeting between the teams. It was tied two to two after the first period. Proctor Hermantown scored once in the second, once in the third for the four two win. If any team can give Proctor Hermantown trouble in this section, it would be Duluth Marshall, but I don't foresee them doing that, so I'll take Proctor Hermantown. Okay. Uh, I agree with you there, too. I was thinking maybe Cloquet Esco Carlton because they got that tournament experience and they do. Um, have experience, but unfortunately, Proctor Hermantown has t- had their number both times this year. They've lost one to five in both games against the Mirage, uh, and unfortunately, CCEC has been coming into the sections a little on a on a down streak. Uh, they have let's see, take a quick look here. They're two and four in their last six games, um, and they actually got swept by Duluth Marshall in close games, two nothing and two one. So I think they might be limping into the playoffs a little bit. They did beat Moose Lake, who was the five seed, and we beat them two nothing. So. I think CEC is kind of limping in there, so I was hoping maybe give him a little more credit, but I think down the stretch, I think Proctor Hermantown obviously is the better of everybody in this section, so it's going to be PH all by themselves. Close game, but they're probably going to beat Duluth Marshall by like, say, two or three goals in that section final. So there you go. That's me. That's me. That's what I'm about. All right, last one, which might be just as fast, if not faster. This is one of our favorite, our five-team sections, because uh, Warroad's in this one. There's only five teams, so they get the automatic – Push forward there, um, and it's interesting, too, because they already had, per se, a game, if you look at the brackets. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Detroit Lakes got beat by East, East Grand Forks on Saturday by the score of 4-1. to one. So East Grand Forks now moves into the semifinals to take on number one, Warroad. Congratulations, Green Wave. Here's your reward. Here's your reward in a, in a huge section. On the other side, Crookston is the three seed. They go to Thief River Falls in the, in the Baby Ralph. And play the um, uh, baby Ralph. Baby Ralph. It's called the baby Ralph. Why can't I think of their? Oh, the Prowlers. There you go. Prowlers. I was thinking. I, I see the logo. I just couldn't say the what the nickname was. That's anyway, okay. Prowlers and the the Pirates are going at it. So um, I don't think there's any trouble. World should take this section without any problems. Mind you, only have to win two games, but um, no competition. I think from that side. Any disagreement? No, no disagreement. I'll take Warroad in this section. I think Warroad could pretty much get through any other section if they weren't in 8A. They do get a bonus, only having five teams in the section. So Very true. Yeah, I'll take Warroad. Warroad beat Thief River 6 nothing twice this year. And again, the, the downside for Warroad is they have to come to the cities to play a stronger schedule. So that's one of the downsides. Mind you, they get to travel, and they're the most traveled team. Road warriors, dog. Ain't that the truth? Um, so, But that gets them ready, obviously, for the tournament, basically. Not so much for the sections or the season. It's just those road warriors, you know, where they're playing, um, you yeah, know, they're playing Gentry and they're playing Ian Prairie, which they beat on Friday. So they've had some close competition. I mean, some good competition right up to the end. Well, that's what savvy coaches do. They load up on non-conference games because – like the the older coaches that have been around for a while, especially a coach like Izzy Marvin, who's had so much success. Uh, I think Mike Randolph does this too. He and I talked about non-conference scheduling a couple of years ago. The season doesn't, I hate to say the season doesn't matter, 
but the record-wise, the season doesn't matter until section playoffs. So why wouldn't you play the best competition possible to make sure that you're ready for one-and-done mm-hmm. single elimination? Who cares if you go 25-0 and 0 if you play cupcakes? Go 15-10, and 10, play the toughest schedule you can, and then by the time you get to sections, you'll be ready. And now that, and now that we look at the Metro, which Metro has got more teams that per se will play um, uh, a conference game, and, they, and so it really throws out the window that conference schedule or the, your conference record because at the end of the season, it's not how you did in the conference. You can put down – you can put your banner, don't get me wrong, like Burnsville, conference champion, you should be proud of that. But then there are some teams that just get out of that conference play because like, well, I don't even play in the conference. And they go someplace <laughs> else and play teams that they don't even play all season long. Jefferson's another one like that. They will play this hard Metro West schedule because that's the conference you're in. And then when it's section time, they don't play anybody from the section. And then they're looking like, hey, you're in the same section with Prior Lake. Well, we don't play Prior Lake. Why don't we play Prior Lake? Because they'd be a good game for them to play. Or they'll play Shakopee, who is a, you know, during this during the youth program, they're in the same district. But then because of conferences and they try to align people with different conferences and people are always moving, shaking every single year. Yeah. So, yeah, the con- unfortunately, the conference record, gets, it's meaningless, really. So Randolph is not far off whatsoever. He never is. Should we jump into Class 2A? Are we, are we ready to do this? I think we're ready for the are doubles. We, are we ready? Are we ready, 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 ready for the double A? These are the, the bigger uh, programs, but, again, single A's. we excited about the single A's because there's some small programs we're looking forward to hopefully get their first trip to the X. So, with further ado, let's talk about a one double A section that features the following teams. Number one is Farmington. Number two is Lakeville South. Hmm? I'll have my beef on that one in a minute. Uh, number three, Northfield. Number four, Dodge County. Number five, Owatonna. Number six, Rochester Century slash John Marshall merge. And then number seven is a bye. Number eight is a bye. Mm. So only six teams in this section. Yikes. And again, this is where Farmington and Lakeville South jump away off their South Suburban Conference, and they now they're in a more tougher section, which is good for them. Don't get me wrong. Three AA would be just as hard, I think. All right, should we break it apart? Yeah, tear it down. I'm gonna, go ahead, you tear first, and then yeah. I'll tear second. Okay, so Farmington gets a bye into the semifinals. I believe they will play Dodge County. I'm going to take Northfield to beat Rochester Century John Marshall, and they will take on Lakeville South. I'm going to take Lakeville South in the semis over Northfield. I'm not happy about it. Mm. I think that if Northfield had been able to play their traditionally strong non-conference schedule, I might pick Northfield. I think they have a nice mix of offense, defense, and good goaltending. But in this case, I'll take Lakeville South. Also missing Jessica Bolin has not helped them as well. That's true. And in the other semi, I will take Dodge County over Farmington. Let me tell you why. We're just talking about strength of schedule. Right on. Dodge County has played games against number one 1A Gentry Academy, Top five double A Benilde St. Margaret's, a near top five Breck team, a top five Hill Murray team, a top five class A Warroad team, and a top five Minnetonka team. Tell me that is not a loaded non conference schedule. Oh, they don't even have a conference. They're independents, aren't they? Uh, I think they are independent because I know that they always have a, a game every year with Jefferson. Hmm. They've been doing that for the last four or five years. In any case, I think the I think Dodge County has a really, really tough schedule. I think they're ready for this. I think they'll go to the one double A championship, but I think Lakeville South will emerge victorious in section one. I would like to second that motion, but I'm gonna give you a little more information that's just gonna boggle. Not really boggle, which just kind of sum it up a little bit. I took a look at the Lakeville South uh non conference schedule. They don't have one. <laughs> 
<laughs> they never got out of the South Suburban. South Suburban is so big that you don't need to get out of it. I was going to pick them no matter what. I actually was thinking they're probably going to, I think Farmington was going to sneak by uh, Dodge County. I actually think Otana was actually going to be a little sneaker because Otana's had such a great season this year. I thought that they would probably give D.C. maybe a little truck, and that would be a nice upset. Manage the 4-5 game are going strictly by seeds, but I think Otana would give fits to Farmington as well. But I think Farmington would outlast them. But I just think Lakeville South, the powerful team that they are, mind you, the only team that they had troubles with has been that Burnsville team. Well, Even thankfully, they, they're in separate. They are in, they're in separate, so that helps Lakeville because I know Lakeville's always go straight to Section 1 uh, every single time, except this one, Lakeville North stayed in Section 3, which is kind of nice because I know the boys, all they slip right over to 1 right away. But anyway, here's the goofy thing that I thought was kind of strange. So you look at the records. Now, mind you, if you look straight at the records, how Farmington got the number 1 seed and Lakeville South got the 2 seed, Lakeville South was second in the conference. They were 12-4-1 within conference record. Farmington is 9-8-1. So how did... Head-to-head. Head-to-head. Head-to-head, bro. Just still that head-to-head. Yeah, Farmington beat Lakeville South 1-0 late in the regular season. Lakeville South has a stronger body of work, but it's another... And they tied them earlier, and they tied them in February 2-2. So still, I know it's... I mean, if you go pure... If they're going pure algorithm, I'm guessing that's what they did. Not looking at the overall record, but just looking at the head-to-head, then, yeah, then obviously um, Farmington got the edge with the win and a tie. So, okay, I give it credit, and there they're going to match up, and then Lakeville South is going to, I hate to say they're going to run right past Farmington, so I think Lakeville wow. South is going to be way too strong for Farmington, and especially right now, especially Lakeville South is on a, on a roll right now, even though they've lost, you know, they lost their last couple, uh, but I still think they're going to be they're going to be rolling once they hit that game. They get a big performance out of Lauren Servari in goal. I think they'll be all right. Yes, very much so. All right, Section 2 AA. That is going to be the probably one of the more meteor ones you're going to see on the schedule. There's oh, it's one. got a full eight teams. That's well, nice. it, that's the nice thing. It's got eight teams. They're all most Metro West. Um, yeah, West Metro teams. Uh, Tonka 1. Uh, number two is Holy Family. Number three is Ian Perry. Number four, Shaco P. Number five, the Jefferson Kennedy Co-op. Uh, number six is Chaska Chen, another co-op. And number seven is New Prague. And number eight is Lakers of Prior Lake. <laughs> uh, I'm going full-on chalk. Minnetonka is Shakopee in one semifinal. Eden Prairie, Holy Family in the other semifinal. I got Tonka over Shakopee. I got Holy Family over Eden Prairie. I got Minnetonka over Holy Family. Uh, I think you're right on the, the button there. Um, Thank you. I don't really... There's no the only argument I would say was I would say Jefferson Kennedy slash is going to give Shakopee a little bit of a uh, a stinker. Uh, mind you, I'm, I'm cheering for some seniors on that squad. They've been playing really well as of late. Okay. There's there's their record does not show it that they're playing that great. But in the last seven games, they are four two and one. So I feel like they're they're not an offensive juggernaut, but I think they've been getting some good goaltending. So I think they could upset per se uh, Shakopee in that first game. But then I guess guess what you get for Winning your upset first round game, you get to play number three class two A Minnetonka. Yep, and I think they, I think they've played even like a couple years ago when they upset um, Chaska Chan in the, their section game. Their their uh, consolation prize was, hey, here's Tonka at, at Braemar. Congratulations. So, uh, but I think Tonka is just going to roll through that section. There's no way I think anybody's going to step in their way. Uh, I the great thing about Minnetonka is they just they don't blow teams away. They just methodically just beat you because mm-hmm. they're so good, so successful, so skilled, and they just take their time and they just 
take you apart bit by bit by bit until you have no 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 soul left. You're just <laughs> that's a weird cliche. I don't know where I go with. It. Anyway, Tonka's going to win that one hands take down. Tonka in the section. They got that really young but super skilled top forward line, but their defense is probably the strength of this team. They can handle just about any forward group they come in contact with. They got a great goaltender, Bryn Dulock. Goaltending means the most at this point of the season, so taking I, the skippers in Section 2 is an easy choice for me. One more piece in that, too, is I think really their defense has got more talk than their goalie. I think so. Even though Bryn really? Dulac has got some conversation, I feel like she has. She'll probably be up for goaltender of the year, I'm sure, You know, being yeah. a senior. But I really feel like there's been so much so much press on, on Rory Gilday and how great of a j- job that her and her defensive core have done. I, I think there's been more press about her than there has been about the Tonker goaltender. But still, that third defenseman, or defender, I should say, definitely makes a difference when you're winning games. For and sure. They, and, and they, they got it. They can roll through four defenders and not see too much of a drop-off between their top two and their, their third and their fourth. Nope, nope, nope. Not so much ever. All right, uh, Section 3AA, one of my favorite sections here, is going to be Burnsville, number one. Uh, number two is Eastview. Number three is Rosemont. Number four, Apple Valley. Number five is Lakeville North. Number six is Egan. Number seven, Hastings. And guess what? We do have eight teams. What? Cottage Grove or Park of Cottage Grove. It will be your number eight seed who gets to play against your Burnsville Blaze. Wow. Who are hotter than a pistol right now because they've won their last 10 games in a row taking the South Suburban Conference. Let's see if they can make it back-to-back trips to the yes. state tournament. They made their first one. Since 2015. 14. 14. 14 last Last year. season. Yep. That was a fun game. I was there. It was very emotional for everyone involved. Um, I think they can do it again. I got Burnsville beating Apple Valley in the semis, and then I've got Rosemount beating Eastview in the other semi How come Rosemont? Why would you take that one for? Well, they split with Eastview during the season. Eastview won the last game. Uh, last Thursday, 7-2 to two over Rosemount. But I think a player like Whitney Tuttle, I think she shines brightest on the biggest stage if they can get some extra scoring from Kirsten Browning and Sophie Strammel, their next two leading scorers. I think they can give Eastview fits, but I will take Burnsville over Rosemount in the final. Uh, I, I'm blazing. You are. I'm blazing. You're blazing in a good way. i definitely taking Burnsville take the section. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with your uh, your Rosemont victory there. Thank uh, you. I am intrigued by that. That, that would be a good matchup. I think Lakeville probably is going to take down Apple Valley to take on the new, guess what your Constellation Prize is, playing against the Red Hot Blaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Eastview Rosemont, that's interesting. That could go really either, either way. I'm intrigued by your your conversation. I'm intrigued by you know Eastview uh, with uh, Super Junior, uh, Avery Chesick, who's been doing really super well in the last couple of weeks. Um, so... Uh, uh, definitely taking the Blaze, but I'm intrigued by that. How do you get to that point? Uh, who's going to play against the Blaze in the championship on the 20th of March? So, But we shall see. But anyway, Burnsville will take that section and be back-to-back section champions. Yeet. Section 4A, this is another one of our eight-teamers. Gosh, I love these eight-teamers. They're just meaty. They're just No buys. No. just you got to earn. you got to get three wins. Team no buys. Number one is Stillwater. Number two is Hill Murray. Number three is Roseville area. Don't forget the area. Number four is East Ridge. Our hearts go out to East Ridge, East Ridge uh, communities. I know they had a really tough weekend, so um, hearts go out to the East Ridge community and high school. Uh, number five is Moundsview. Number six, Woodbury. Number seven, White Bear Lake. And number eight, Irondale St. Anthony. I'll let you break down first. Well, 
I'm going to go pretty much chalk on this one. I got Stillwater, Eastridge, and one semi, Roseville Hill Murray, and, <laughs> Roseville Hill Murray in the other semi. I've got Stillwater Hill Murray in the final, and truth be told, I have not picked a champion yet. Oh, this is your don't pick yet. I am very torn right now. Hill Murray feels rusty coming mm-hmm. off their two-week quarantine. They missed out on four games, three of those against quality class Two of those against quality class 2A opponents in Minnetonka and Holy Family and one against number two 1A Warroad. I think those games would have gone a long way in helping prepare the Pioneers for the postseason. They lost to Wyzetta 4-2 in their first game back from quarantine, followed that with a 2-1 win over South St. Paul in overtime and a 2-0 win over North Wright County. Both of those games, I thought they probably should have won by more than one or two, but what do I know? I'm just a guy with a headset. So I'm going to go. Gosh, dang. Mm. I'm going Stillwater. Okay. I'm going Stillwater. I don't know if Hill Murray can shake off all that rust by the time they meet the ponies in the finals. All right. I'm intrigued by that. Um, I like your breakdown. I don't really see any any difference with that. I have Stillwater versus uh, Hill Murray in the championship. And I I really didn't even blink. I blinked right away. I thought right away I think Stillwater. Because right now I think Mira's got those girls playing the right direction. They're playing extremely well. They've won seven of the last eight games of the season so far. Mind you, a couple have been kind of blow. It's like the 13-2 over Irondale, not the greatest. Moundsview 5-2, White Bear 8-1. So they have not been the best, but I think right now some of their scoring punch, which I've noticed when I've been watching, it, not physically the games, but you've seen some of them, especially Josie St. Martin, who leads the team with 38 points. And then the one that I've been really impressed with the last – Ah, well, looking at our stats right now, literally the last couple weeks has been Lexi Huber, the senior. She had two goals and assists against White Bear. She had a hat trick against Moundsville. So 5-2 win, and she had all three goals. She had four goals and two assists against Irondale. She was 1-1 against uh, Creighton, and she had an assist against Park. So I think Lexi's right now becoming – she is stepping up that leadership and, you know, shown by example. Josie St. Martin does amazing things. Being the underclassman that she is, that's just – it's still Josie being Josie for no better term being the super sophomore that she is. <laughs> um, but I think – is that sophomore or freshman? Yeah, sophomore. Um, I just think Lexi is is taking the, the 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 ponies by the bridle, if I can say that, and I think she's going to take them as far as they can. And I think that, that Hill-Murray game is probably one of the better section finals that you're going to see across all these sheets of paper in front of me. Mm. I personally think. Well, for the record, Josie St. Martin is a freshman. See, I was trying to look at the numbers, and I'm like, I got her down as a 24, and I had to do the math. See, don't go by birth year. I I am so frustrated by the fact that girls go by birth year instead of by their class. It just confuses. No, the they go by their me. graduation, not their birth year. That's what you want to say. Yeah, grad grad. They year, go by not their birth grad year. year. I know, and I, I don't would, like. I the, would rather have it be by class, just who, because I don't. I don't want to play the birthday game. Who here. started that? Or the grad year? I want to. I want to talk to that person. I <laughs> say I got a great idea. Let's go by the graduate. Let's be super weird. We can we can write a strongly worded letter. For me, this game could come down to goaltending. Hilmarie's Grace Jean has been on fire the whole time, but she's a freshman in her first season playing at the varsity level. I don't know who the ponies are going to go with. Sophie Cronk and Lily Timmons have. It looks like they've split easily. Cronk has nine wins this year. Uh, Timmons has seven. Kronk is a senior. Could they possibly go with experience in net over youth? And could that pay dividends against a first-year varsity goalie? Well, Sophie has won all nine of her matches, and she has a shutout. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm saying it's still water. Or maybe they go with Lily in the first game, 
and then Sophie the next. No, I'm just thinking in terms of section championship. Like if they go to the championship and oh. Hill Murray rolls out a freshman in her first year playing varsity, would Stillwater go with the senior who's been with that program for a few years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, would they go with the senior and the freshman? Yeah, it depends on your coaching philosophy. You go with a hot hand, or you go with with uh, you know um, the wily loyalty. veteran. Yeah, so championship. So it depends. We'll see how that goes. All right, the next one, which is captivating to both of us, is actually the five double A. Um, and it's like each one gets a little more captivating. <laughs> they really do. Um, not saying the first four weren't captivating, but now we're just keep we keep getting more intense with because obviously we're getting these teams have been we watching the last you know top ten most of the season. But section five A, which is your northwest corner of the metropolitan area, number one Maple Grove, number two is going to be Blaine, number three Centennial, number four Rogers, number five CPCR. That's Champlain Park Coon Rapids combo. And then uh, number six is another combo, the Anoka Spring Lake Park. Okay. This is going to be interesting. I think this is, if you're looking for, there's a, a clear cut. I don't know if there's really a clear cut. Somebody's going to walk away with this one. I think it's, there could be a mini upset in there. There could be a two or three seed that could take this section. It really is up for grabs. Actually, I picked a champion, but I have a shocker on the side, which is kind of a mini upset. This, just, okay, this one I don't understand because Blaine beat Maple Grove twice. So if we're going to wait head-to-head versus mm. everything else, then how did Blaine not get the top seed in the section? And it, whatever. Section record? This section is kind of messy, man. I'm going to take Maple Grove and Rogers in one semi, Blaine and Centennial in the other. I'm going to take Centennial over Blaine in that semifinal. It'll be Maple Grove, Centennial, and then I'm going to take Maple Grove in the final. Over Centennial. Nope, you read my mind. And I hate to do it against Haley Hansen and Blaine, um, but unfortunately the last couple of games I think Blaine's been kind of getting They just taken. don't score enough. No, they haven't. They and just don't her score Her goaltending, but the, the great thing is there's going to be some good things coming up. It says she's only a sophomore. So Blaine is only looking up, but I think right now getting that two-seed is like, wow. And then, uh, I mean, obviously the first-round bye is good for them. Centennial's got to have the extra game, but it's just it's, I think Centennial and they've been like, you know, Peter's put them in that top, that 8, 9, 10 spot. They've they, been they float around the 10 spot. Back in effect. But, and I also, the other piece I put in there too is the fact that Centennial not only is hot and they're 13 and 5 in this, for the season, but they're playing that, oh, we have been beat by Maple Grove twice this year. And I think there's going to be a vengeance factor because, again, it's tough to te- beat a team three years, three times in one season. They lost to at Maple Grove 2 5 early in the season, they lost to them 0 5 late in the season. I think right now they're looking, they, they want to get that victory. And I think Centennial has the power. I think they, they can do it. I think they can. Wow, that would be a heck of a start for Sean Moline and that staff in their first year at Centennial to go to the state tournament. Would it wow. be? Oh. I mean, talk got, about a resume beefer upper. Megan Goudreau is doing uh, wonderful things for them. She's a leading scorer with 16, I'm sorry, 22 goals and 36 points. Uh, she's played well. She's got, except for the last loss against Maple Grove, she's getting at least a point in her last few games. And so I, I think right now Centennial's got a little a little mojo. Mind you, it was the, the Maple Grove hiccup. Um, and, and of course, they got slaughtered by, you know, Andover. <laughs> yeah, but everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody does. So I, I just got the feeling Centennial could really give some troubles to Maple Grove. So I'm going to say Maple Grove's win the section, but it's with an asterisk because I think Centennial could win that one. Gotcha. Okay. Section 6 AA. Woo-hoo! They get... They get better and better as we go. All right, here we go, folks. <laughs> Unfortunately, we only have seven teams in this one, but Edina is going to be the number one seed. They get the first round by. Good for you. And then it's going to be number two, Benil, number three, Wyzetta, number four, Blake, number five, Cretan, even though in the website it's Crean. 
Crying. Crying. Probably crying. Crying Durham Crying Durham. Remember, that's E-R uh, Durham, not U-R like I've always spelled. Um, <laughs> United is now a welcome to six-section double-A. Holy mackerel. And then number seven is going to be Hopkins St. Louis Park. Wow. Uh, chalk again for the semis, Edina Blake in one, Benel St. Margaret's and Wyzetta in another. And I'll take Edina over Blake in one semi. I'll take Wyzetta over Benel St. Margaret's in the other semi. And I will take Edina to win the section. I'm taking the Trojans over the Red Knights because I'm looking at the box score from the last time these two teams played. Benilde defeated Wyzetta two to nothing. One goal was a shorthanded empty netter. Wyzetta went 0 for 7 on the power play in this game. I don't think that happens again. I think they convert if they get a couple more power play chances. I think they convert on those. Uh, this happened last year, whereas Wyzetta got where Wyzetta got stronger as the season went on. Goaltender Annika Lavender has been playing out of her mind. She had 25 saves on 26 shots in that first game against the Red Knights. I'm going to take Wyzetta in the semis. Nope, I, I like what your heads your heads at. You know they got a little more firepower, but they'll maybe they they always are a more defensive team. They just are lacking that offensive punch that they they don't have. I mean they're just they get a goal and they can milk it. But um, Wyset has a few more powerful scores in the team. And, and again, like you said, they play in really well, and they're playing all late conference except for the Benilde game. So I think that helps them. And they have beat Breck twice in the last two weeks to beat him five one and beat him five two. So they are obviously. They got the nod to get the three seed because they have they've beat Breck, um, so um, I think uh, I agree with you 100. percent Edina is going to take this section, but I think Wyzetta is going to give him a little bit of trouble in that section final. I can see that. I can see Edina winning like say three to one. I think it'll be closer than what it should be, at least if you just go by what's on paper. But I do like your point that Wyzetta might have a couple more scoring threats than Benilde. Gretchen Branton's total goals at 18 is more than what the Red Knights have their leading score in total points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So if Breton and Brent Branton and Matthews get rolling for Wyzetta, they could uh, make an appearance in the section final. All right. Next one is uh section seven, double a and over a win. Let's move on to section eight, double a hold on. We got, okay. We got to give it 30 <laughs> just, more seconds. Just, just kidding. And is going to be the one seat in that section. Number two is forest Lake. Number three is grand rapids. Uh, that's the, also that's the Grand Rapids uh, Greenway combo. Uh, number four is Elk River. Number five, North Wright County. Number six is Duluth, straight Duluth, not Duluth Marshall. Straight up Duluth. And number seven is the Northern Tier, which is the St. Francis Cambridge Isanti combo. And number eight is Princeton. Chalk, Andover, Elk River in the semis, Grand Rapids, Greenway, Forest Lake in the other semi, Andover over Elk River, Zimmerman in one semifinal, Forest Lake over Grand Rapids, Greenway in the other semifinal. I will take Andover or over Forest Lake in the Section 7 Class 2A championship game as it has always been mm-hmm. for the last darn near decade. I am impressed with the way Forest Lake kind of bounced back after losing so big against Stillwater in the first game of the season that I think they've won 14 games this year. Uh, so a nice little turnaround for the Rangers, but Andover I think is just too powerful. Uh, th- that's all you need to say. Andover has <laughs> been number one. They're super powerful. I mean, that front line can probably average three to four points a game. Mind you, they've been playing – I mean, there's tough teams in Northwest Suburban, don't get me wrong. You go Blaine and well, Centennial. Tough, tough goaltenders. Tough, tough goal. The toughest goal – probably the – the toughest goaltender conference in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, if you want to go by overall depth, I would say so. I would say so. Um, 
they're the stars of tomorrow. They would destroy everybody. <laughs> um, but I think for the most part right now, I think Andover is just going to walk through that one. It's, it, I feel, I feel kind of bad. I almost Why? want Andover to go to a tougher section. Where, where would you, where would you put six? Them? I mean, not six, but put them in five. So all those Northwest kids. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't always like that, though. No, I mean, no, Ando- no. Andover certainly did its time toiling as the four or five seed, and then they finally no. broke through a few years ago. And, and Peyton Hemp had a great, you know, we talked to her and Gabby Krause when we did our, our Players of the Year interview, and Tony had brought up a great point. Like, what was it like? Because, like, right now, Andover girls hockey is the top of the mountain. They are the top looking down. Once they won the state championship, they are finally on the top. And he asked a quick question, like, what was it like beforehand? And she goes, it basically sucked. Going to those high school games and just seeing Andover get throttled. And then all the Hemps came through, and Gabby Krause came through, and then the Kaisers come through. It's like, now they finally are now on top of that summit, and they're looking down. So it is it is good for them to be on the side of it. Um, I just wish they had a little more competition. I hate to say it, but I, but they're going to get the best competition when they get to state. Yeah, and I mean, we can discuss this before the state tournament. I think I made the point earlier that you could make an argument that Edina should have been ranked number one this season because of the teams that they've had to play and they've strength gone the undefeated based on strength of schedule. And, and one of the reasons that Andover remained at number one all season was because I had them preseason number one, and I can't drag a team down for winning, especially when you win by no those margins. So Andover... Yeah, I think they'll be good through the sections. I'll be curious to see what happens at State, given on who they've played this year. Final section, Section 8. Oh, Class 2-8. This, this is where I'm going to This is where off. the steam is rising out of his his hat. has. There's a hole in the middle of his hat because of the steam <laughs> that has seeped out of it because it's – just kidding, I'm making it worse. All right, go ahead. Let it off. Steam releaser. All right, I got Rozo Moorhead in one semi, Alexandria and Brainerd Little Falls in the other semifinal. I'm going to take Alexandria over Brainerd Little Falls. Oh, and I'm going to take stop it. Moorhead over Rozo in the other semifinal. Whoa. I, hold on. Hold on. I have reasons for this. I am not shooting you down. My I just my mind just exploded right I've there. got I've got reasons for this. Oh, please. Alexandria relies on defense and goaltending, which are the two most sustainable factors when it comes to playoff hockey. You get strong goaltending from a player like Jordan O'Kane. They have a nice little rotation there with, with Bailey Haley Haley Bailey or something. Sounds like a rapper. No, it's two it's two names that are pretty close together. I should have written this down. I remember Jordan O'Kane because she was the uh, the first one that I saw on that roster. Haley Bailey. So I was right. Yeah, you so right. they've got a nice little rotation. Jordan O'Kane with some of the best numbers in the state, a 1.15 goals against average, a 950 save percentage. Their defense is solid. They've got three decent lines that I think can skate with anyone in the section. They're 8-0-1 in the last eight nine games of the regular season. I'm going to take Moorhead over Rozo because at this point, I just don't trust Rozo. The Rams go 0-2 to end the season, losing to Warroad, a Class A team. Granted, a very, 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 very good Class A team, but a Class A team nonetheless. Storied rival. They went 0-4. They're like number 11. They went 0-4 against Warroad this year. They're number 11. Well, they're number 12 because Gentry would be number 11. I was, yeah. I was they're number 12 in AA. But I think that it just feels like Moorhead if they get off to a fast start and they're able to hold off the Rams, I think I could take, I could talk myself into Moorhead. 
in the finals. And I'll take Alexandria over Moorhead in the eight double A championship. Because it's game. a three over a four. Wow. Three over a four. Spud Nation's gonna just they're gonna elect you mayor of, of Moorhead. Right fast now. fast start. And hold right? them off. And it's interesting because at Moorhead team, I remember them, I think a couple years ago, my daughter went up there for a early season, uh, like, quick game. They played Moorhead and they played Detroit Lakes. And I think Moorhead went the whole season, like one or two victories the whole season. It's almost like they were just a start. But they had a really young team, too. I think it was three years ago they went two and 23. Or it was some, you know, just something, something crazy. Something like that. Um, I don't want to step on your on your touchdown dance. I just think, you know, Rozo, I've seen – has a physically seen Rozo, but uh, mind you, those two hiccups at the end of the season, mind you, they're against really super strong teams. Obviously, um, uh, number 10 now in, in AA, and then obviously Warroad, uh, the 12th team in your AA's rankings. Um, <laughs> but I just see with the Helgeson girls and Memphis Mer- Mertens, I think they're just going to keep on trucking through that section. I think it's going to be uh, that they're going to play against Brainer in the, in, the, in the championship, and I think Brainer's going to play tough because they have played really, really strong end of the season. I think... Rozo's just going to hold on. They're going to get back to state. That's You're my call. Take Rozo as section eight. Okay, I am, right. I'm taking him. No, right. that's what's beauty. It's water right. cooler talk, a water cooler conversation, so we can <laughs> discuss things that that are good. No, that was there good. There we go. We broke Whoa. the second down. All right, let me talk about one little thing that uh, that fogs me up a little bit, and it just happened actually is today. So I'm going to make this really quick and short. Hit me. Almost as bad as your. Um, your uh, strength of schedule, not quite that bad, but for me it was very frustrating. Uh, Minnesota State High School League, when you put out your printable brackets, make them printable, okay? <laughs> I know you're probably thinking, hey, there's a lot of people in this world that probably don't print paper anymore. I mean, I know everybody does the NCAA basketball <clears throat> brackets, and they probably do it. You know, they just look on their phone, and they just quick app, and I got it real quick. I'm still kind of a paper guy. I like to handheld, I like to follow teams in the brackets. I like to keep track of that. So your printable brackets this year are, for no better term, terrible. Poo-poo. I tried printing. I tried printing them on. Like, oh, these are good. I got them propped up. Peter was busy ranking and working on the girls, and I was busy printing the suckers out and getting ready for the show. And I started looking at the sheets. I'm like, wait a minute. They're only showing three brackets on there. Where's the fourth bracket? In the quarterfinals. And especially when you've got a five or six team section, no matter how I did it, I couldn't it makes even, it frustrating. I couldn't even screenshot it because I had to scroll up because it was in such a font that I couldn't screenshot it so I could put it in like an Excel document, a Word document, I could say. So um that fogged me a little bit, just saying, folks, if we're gonna have these printable brackets, make them printable. So I thought, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the system, Peter. I'm gonna go Go on to the Minnesota State because I went right off because last year the minute the hockey hub they were great and they were printable. They even said a little printable on there, so I'm like, oh, that's perfect. They didn't have it this year, so I went to the state high school league, went there, I clicked on the section terms. Guess where it took me to? Same brackets, same printable. <laughs> I only could print three brackets when there's really four. Or guess what? When you get those weird ones when there's like ten teams in the section, like the boys side, and you're only going to see like three brackets when there should be like five or six of them, got to fix it. Otherwise, you're going to frustrate the heck out of me. So I'm done with that because I was able to use my artistic abilities where I had to physically draw in 16 <laughs> last second. And then it gets rid of the bottom half of the semifinals, which is even like I get it if you're going to miss the fourth bracket. But then I had to put in the second half, the bottom half of the semis. I'm going to have to get you a cigarette after this. Maybe. So. Smoking's bad, kids. It is bad. All right. So, wow, folks, we've taken a lot of your time. And if you're still with us, you might. Might have to go to the store and get something to work something, something here. Something to wind you down a little bit. Anyway, so let's say, uh, before we leave, we want to make sure we find out a few things about Peter. Always like to ask him his three Wee. questions. So since we are coming up on the green 
season or the green holiday, we have to ask him, Peter, number one, what is your favorite green thing? What favorite is something that you have? thing? If we went to your house and there was something, what's your favorite thing that's green? My favorite thing that's green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My favorite thing that's green. I'll go with uh, one of the many plants Kay. that lives at my house. See me, it's easy. I could look at my old school North Stars sweatshirt. Oh, I don't know. We could like pick pieces of clothing. It's green. I'm still going to take my plants. Take your plants. You're a plant guy. All right. (laughs) Uh, Question number two. Since the brackets just came out for the NCAA men's basketball tournament, who do you have winning the whole kit and caboodle? I honestly haven't looked, but I am prepared to drop a boatload of money on brackets. I love filling out brackets. I, uh, I started when I was nine filling out brackets every spring for March Madness. And you know what's sad is that I haven't finished any better than when I did when I was nine years old. I was in a 20-person bracket pool with a bunch of old men, and I was nine years old. I got fourth place out of 20 people. I've never finished any better than that. My heartbreaker, Duke, isn't even in the tournament this year, so that's okay with me. Maybe I'll pick Baylor to go all the way. Baylor's number one seed. That's not too bad. I'm not even going to look at stats this year. I'm just going to pick random teams. It all seems to work out that way in the end. I used to watch it just furiously. Like, I would watch it so much. I was, like, so much in the Big Ten, and it would be the Big Ten – the ACC battles they'd have, and then I would watch every single tournament because, like, oh, i got to watch the Big Ten tournament. i got to watch the ACC. you got to watch the SEC. And then this year with hockey, I just kind of like, I found little time to watch college basketball. But in one of my brackets, I do have Gonzaga going the whole way. That has nothing to do with Mr. Suggs. <laughs> but they are undefeated this year, and there's not been an undefeated team to win the national championship, I think, in – I think like 20 plus years. So it'd be kind of cool if the Gonzaga does win. Plus, Gonzaga is always a good team. So Yeah, but they never play a good enough schedule. They don't. They play out west. So it's always that weird conference. They always play St. Mary's five times a year. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Peter, do you put, when you have cereal for breakfast or snack, do you put cereal in first, then the milk? Or do you put the milk in first and then put the cereal? Is that a serious question? That's a serious question. No, there's, not. there's people that had heated debates on it. And I thought there's it was, a right way. And a wrong way. And the right way is to put the cereal in first and yep. then the milk. And you do it in a circular motion to make sure the top layer of cereal gets just a little bit of that milk. If you put milk in the bowl first and then the cereal, you're an animal and you're doing it wrong. Do you circularly put the milk in clockwise or counterclockwise? Clockwise. Okay. Clockwise. Come on. Just saying. I'm not. People have been asking questions. I'm not an animal. You are. Well, folks, thanks for uh, sticking around with these Holy two cow. these two animals. This is uh, one of our longest podcasts we've done, but hopefully we haven't uh, talked too much out of your ears, and hopefully you've woke up. And don't forget, you can always listen to it and then take a break and then come back and listen to more of it. You don't have to – if you have one sitting, that's great. If you're driving to uh, – um, you're driving to say Roseau, like the boys, <laughs> boys Buffalo, they have to drive up to Roseau for their first section game. So, ouch. It's a long drive. That's a long drive. But anyway – uh, I'd like to thank Peter so much for his uh, his bantering. Thanks, dog. His Reese's Puffs, and as well as just My his... My little yachty Reese's Puffs. That's right. And his uh, care for girls hockey, because it definitely shows through every single time we have a conversation. It's a, it's a passion. And uh, this is Todd Hulk. I thank you folks for listening to Her Ice, because it's not his ice. And it never will be. So take care of yourselves. Have fun watching games, and take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time. Used to be a fool, all about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.